the big names you know, the other guys you've never heard of, until now. This is Around the Nest, Jay talking around the Blue Jays minor league system. This is Around the Nest, Jay talking our way around the Toronto Blue Jays organization. I'm Jesse Goldberg Strassler, and usually we just check in with only the affiliates with the organization. That's changing this year. At Scotty Mac thinks right on Twitter because it's all about what you think. Let's find out what Scott MacArthur thinks, the very new voice of Jay's Talk and the new member of the Blue Jays broadcast crew with Ben Wagner and Mike Wilner. Scott, how are you? I'm great, Jesse. Good to catch up after, I mean, I can't believe, what has it been, two or three weeks already since we were hanging out in Dunedin? Just a few. How is this spring training different for you from the others that that you covered? Oh, gosh. Uh, how much time do you have? Um, <laughs> well, very. Uh, I'll try to condense this as best I can, which is always problematic because I'm a radio talk show host, so I like to talk. Um, I left TSN, and if you're listening in the United States, TSN is owned by Bell, uh, which is one of Canada's two major telecommunications companies. Sportsnet is owned by Rogers, which is the other major telecommunications company in our country. And so I left TSN owned by Bell, joined Rogers uh, and Sportsnet, but I had to sit out a two-month uh, period where I actually was not allowed to do any work for Rogers and Sportsnet. And that didn't expire until mid-March. So what ended up happening was I was down in Dunedin, hanging out, reacquainting with people for effectively three weeks before I was allowed to start working. And then in mid-March, when I was first able to begin, I did. And uh, instead of being a beat reporter, was... Uh, For TSN, I was now part of the Blue Jays' official radio broadcast team. And uh, that kicked in. So you and I, Jesse, worked together. It's only one, thanks to some inclement weather, uh, doing some play-by-play of a Grapefruit League game. I also had the opportunity to work for three days in in a week with Rob. And on weekend broadcasts, I was the third man in the booth and the host of Blue Jays alongside Ben Wagner and Mike Wilner, and that is my role as we head to the regular season here. So I hope that was condensed. Those moments where you couldn't work but you were around, in the minor leagues we would call that the Phantom DL, although this year the injured list, the Phantom IL. Yes, yes, yeah. No, I was – I was a person who was seen, but I was a person without – any official purpose uh, for a little while. But it was actually quite nice because I had not been around the team on a daily basis for a couple of years. I had not covered the Blue Jays uh, since 2016. And then I transitioned into being a full-time day part radio talk show host on 1050. And that took up the years of 2017 and 2018. So the the three weeks of quote-unquote downtime while being there was quite functional for me because it allowed me to introduce myself to some of the new players. I think, and you know, Kevin Pillar is, as, as we sit here, Jesse has just been traded. Uh, but I counted only six players who would have looked at me and truly recognized me and known me 
um, this spring. Pilar, Justin Smoke, Ryan Tapera, Marcus Stroman, Aaron Sanchez, and Joe Biagini. There had been that much changeover. And uh, outside of Pete Walker and Louis Rivera, there was a whole new coaching staff to get to know. Uh, I knew Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro a little bit. So I was able to use a lot of that time to either introduce myself to people or reacquaint and uh, redevelop a more consistent relationship with others. Do you think that your new role comes with less stress in terms of you're not fighting for the story, you're not trying to figure out what news will break, now you can simply process it and chat about it? Yeah, that's a great question and a, and a great point. And, in fact, I, I had dinner with Shady, um great baseball insider uh, at Sportsnet, sportsnet.ca, very good friend of mine. And we, had, we were having dinner one night uh, down in Tampa, and I – I joked that I, it was nice that I didn't have to compete with him anymore because I was tired of being on too many losing, losing ends of battles, number one. Uh, number two, it was great to be a teammate of his because he's such a good friend. Now it's, it's you know, friendship and teammate as opposed to friendship and colleague. And um, in my heart, Jesse, and, uh, you know, it's always – it's up to the individual, right? In my heart, I'm a broadcaster. Uh, I am not – um, I am not a, a digger, if you will. I, I don't dig for the news. I, I have done so in the past, but it is not my passion. Uh, I do not aspire to be an insider. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I do not aspire to be a newsbreaker. I do not aspire to be the quote-unquote investigative sports journalist. I would rather kind of motor around, talk to people, learn what I learn bring that information, and hopefully it's interesting, to the broadcast, um, interact with the listeners on the post-game call-in show, et cetera, et cetera. My passion is talking into a microphone, whether there's a camera there or not. If it's an audio medium, a visual medium, I'm happy either way, but, but I'm a broadcaster at heart. And so when you know what your preferred skill set is and your preferred passion is, and it lines up with what now it is that I'm doing, I'm a I'm a pretty happy guy. With Scott MacArthur, let's talk about the Blue Jays players. Who among the guys who made the 25-man opening day roster do you think gained the most from how he played in spring training? Boy, I'm trying to think of names who who were bubble guys. And, and the reason, Jesse, it's a difficult answer is because so much happened in that final week of spring training. Like, I, I really feel that there was a negotiation to be had. Uh, would it be Richard Urania or Eric Sogard who got that backup field position? I, I don't think Urania blew people's minds in spring training. I think it was the fact that he was on the 40-man roster that, that won him the spot. And by the way, Richard, in relatively limited playing time over five games, is off to a very nice start uh, this season offensively for the Blue Jays. Um, the fact Eric Sogard was a minor league contract, you didn't have to designate him off the 40-man to get him down to the minor leagues. And the fact that you could turn to him at any point this season to get him up here, I think that played in Urania's favor, simply the roster ramifications. And then the back end of the bullpen was supposed to be Bud Norris and John Hapsford joining Ken Giles and Joe Biagini and Tim Meza. But then they got hurt, which forced the club's hand 
and a couple of relievers who were not necessarily going to make the team ended up making it out of necessity. So, you know, in in terms of guys on the 25-man, that's a harder question. Some people stood out for me who aren't here yet, and you know who I'm going to say because I went on and on about it to you, and you saw it yourself. But a guy like Bo Bichette, um, and you know him from his days in Lansing, I just I sense something about this kid. There's a an obvious skill to his game, but there's a flair. There's a style to his game. I think fans in Toronto will be drawn to him when it is that he gets here, and I, I would assume that that is next year, not this year, although I suppose anything is possible. Um, but, but, you know, Kevin Biggio and, and his ability to play at different places around the diamond as he figures out and the club figures out where he is best going to fit into this entire equation. Watching Vladimir Guerrero Jr. take batting practice is an obvious statement. But there are people coming who are going to be contributors to this baseball team. Kevin Smith, a high baseball IQ, something I witnessed in very But you can just tell certain things about certain guys. Um, and so there are names. You may not be overly familiar with them beyond Guerrero and Bichette, but there are names coming. It will be fun to watch for years to come. You knew that was my follow-up. The player who did the most for himself, who didn't make the 25-man roster. The guy who's going down to the minor leagues, but the way that he played in those major league games opened eyes of the brass of the coaching staff and left people saying, we're going to take a real close look at this guy in AA, AAA, because we liked how he showed is the answer to that Bo Bichette. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think, I think I think there is a plan for all of these guys. Plans are pliable. Uh, circumstances can affect plans, can change plans. But, Jesse, we, we, we know, look, Bo has not taken, and he will this week, but he has not yet taken a triple-A at bat. And so you want to latch on to a kid and say, man, I'd love to get him to the big leagues now. I think he's ready. And quite frankly, some of what I'm seeing on the big league field right now, I think Bo Bichette is a better player already than some of what some of what I'm witnessing here. Why don't you get him up here? In fact, on my first Blue Jays talk, post-game show after opening day, in which the offense was limp, and the Jays' offense has been limp more often than it has not been so far through five games, and you and I are sitting here on the afternoon of Tuesday, April the 2nd, just for a time check, because I know people will be listening later in the week. Um, you know, could Bo contribute to that? Well, the point is, is that, you know, players have to develop. And whether or not he actually needs a full season at AAA, his play will dictate that. There are also service time machinations. Front offices will never acknowledge that because they can't, but they quite obviously do play a factor. There are different things that will go into it. Um, but, yes, I mean, they want to see Bo continue to develop defensively, and there is legitimate development that has been happening over the last couple of years, and there is legitimate development that still needs to occur. Let's be honest about that. That's not some sort of company line. People, All of a sudden, it's funny, Jesse, I start, I've started working at Rogers and Sportsnet, the, the company that also owns the Blue Jays, and people are now saying, well, you're a shill. <laughs> well, my opinions have never changed. Um, there is legitimate development that still needs to happen. 
Um, but but Bo looks to me to be a special player, and you got to let him take his reps, and you got to remind yourself that he's only 21 years old, and that for every Bryce Harper or Juan Soto who breaks in at 19 years old, there are thousands upon thousands of highly thought of prospects who take diligent time in the minor leagues going up through their respective systems to get to the major leagues such that when they get here, they stick and they are able to cope with the rampant failure that baseball hands each and every player. Because if you're great, you're wrong seven out of ten times at the plate. That's the old saying, right? So it's just about development. Guys will get here, Bo included. Um, It's just going to take a bit of time. The debut of Scotty Mack. Scott MacArthur, thank you very much. I love doing this, man, and you know you can call on me uh, at any time. I've uh, enjoyed our couple of coffees at winter meetings a few years back in 15 and 16 when we got to know each other a bit. I loved working with you uh, down in Dunedin. Uh, Have a great year at Lansing, and uh, you and I will chat uh, whenever it is you call on me. Feel free to do so anytime. Thank you, sir. And we'll be tuned in to Blue Jays Talk. This is Around the Nest, Jay talking our way around the Toronto Blue Jays organization. I'm Jessica Briggs-Strassler. I'm joined now by Pat Malacaro. Pat, whose last name I always said Malacaro until I heard him uh, broadcasting the spring training games for the Blue Jays and realized I've been saying it wrong this entire time. Voice of the herd. Pat, how are you? I'm great, Jesse. You have not been saying it incorrectly. It's just more of a, a regional dialect thing. So uh, trust me, if, if it were an issue before, I would have mentioned it to you. But uh, happy to be joining you here today. We're, as we talk right now, less than 24 hours away from first pitcher in Buffalo. It's an exciting time. What are your thoughts about your opening day roster? Well, the roster really uh, changed a little bit, you can say, over the last couple of days. Uh, the last week, especially with the trades that the Blue Jays have made. We expected uh, Rowdy Tellez to start the season here, the same for Anthony Alford, but uh, with the trades of Kendrys Morales and yesterday of Kevin Pillar, those really changed the plans of this team a little bit. Someone like Jonathan Davis, who sprained his ankle in spring training, still not ready. So uh, there are other players that are going to step up, guys like Gunnar Height, uh, Andrew Giot, who helped uh, New Hampshire last year to a, a league championship. They may be pressed into more of a uh, everyday role right now for this team, but we'll see how it shakes out. Uh, Bo Bichette, Kevin Biggio are here. They're ready to go uh, and get, get things started on the middle of the infield for the Bisons. And uh, even with Anthony Alford gone and Jonathan Davis still on the Major League DL, uh, Roman Fields is back this season. So the Bisons will have plenty of speed. And then on the mound, when Sean Reed Foley was summoned to the big leagues uh, due to injury to Clayton Richard, uh, Jacob Wagaspath is going to slide into the opening day start. So he's somebody that Bison fans saw a little bit last year, not only with the Bisons, but with Lehigh Valley. And uh, still a young guy, tall, a uh, little bit of a heavy heavy fastball type guy. So uh, things are shaping up nicely here in Buffalo. Maybe not the roster we expected even a, l- a week ago, but definitely a roster that, thanks to the front office in Toronto, uh, drafting and, and signing some free agents looks pretty good right about now. It really is staggering the way that your roster has had its outlook shift. It's like you're ready to sit at the table and eat your food, and just as you're about to have something to eat, the Blue Jays come around and they say, no, we're going to take that instead because of how things have been uh, in flux. Uh, for instance, Kendris Morales, that deal came down in the evening. Where were you when you heard, hey, Rowdy Tellez is going to be needed in the major leagues? 
Uh, I was at dinner, uh, just, just having dinner with somebody, and I got a text message uh, giving me the heads up that, that Blue Jays Advanced Media or Blue Jays Baseball Media had tweeted it out. And uh, it, was, it was a little stunning, not necessarily because – I think just because, you know, Kendry struggled a little bit last year. Uh, him and Justin Smoke had been a nice tandem together with Smoke at first and Morales at DH, and I just never got the feeling that something was maybe imminent where, you know, maybe you're waiting for something to maybe happen last year. It didn't. So you're thinking you know, with all the, the salary that the Blue Jays had shed between Troy Tulowitzki, Russell Martin, um, you know, Kendrys Morales probably would be on this roster to uh, for at least the first couple of months uh, leading towards the trade deadline. And when that didn't happen, well, that, that we knew right away what that would mean. And uh, we didn't know instantaneously, but we knew that it probably meant Rowdy Telez was going to the big leagues. And uh, there was uh, some question whether it'd be Rowdy or Anthony Alford. And at the end of the day, it was Rowdy Telez. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where two, now two of the last three years, you want to take, uh, you know, the starting pitching role and use that as an example. Three years ago, it was Casey Lawrence who was supposed to get the opening day start for the Bisons. Well, an injury happened. He ends up starting in the big leagues that night. Same similar situation will happen here again. So, you know, we know what the situation here is in AAA. Um, rosters change for the, for the better and for the worse at times, um, whether it be guys going up or go, going down, so to speak. So that's the nature of the beast here, and uh, we'll adjust the game notes accordingly. That said, let's talk about the players that you do have because this has been a highly anticipated Buffalo roster. And we can begin right with Kevin Biggio and Bo Bichette, the players who it is seen at some point their future is going to lie in Toronto, but first they're going to get significant time in AAA. Yeah, and I think the exciting thing for me is, you know, Kevin goes up to AA last year, both he and Bo, for the first time are in AA together um, after rising up to the organization for the first couple of years. And Kevin ends up being the Eastern League MVP and the Rookie of the Year. And, you know, this isn't a slight on him, but, you know, there's been so much talk about Vladdy and even Bo. Um, But Kevin, I think, has quietly put together a nice couple of years start to his career and, you know, definitely put himself on on the radar of everybody that's a Blue Jays baseball fan the last year or so um, and really let everybody know that uh, he's for real. So I'm looking forward to seeing him at second. And for Bo, you know, he's, as advertised, and he talked to the media here locally yesterday, and he feels he's he's ready for the next step. So, um, looking forward to seeing him on the diamond. And look, if he can come close to uh, the hit total he had last year, leading the Eastern League, or even the stolen base total that he had, um, it could be a pretty complete player, uh, both in the field and at the plate, and something the Bisons could really use. Because, uh, and the one thing I, I, I'm interested to see, and I think we've talked about this before, left-handed hitters have a hard time hitting home runs here in Buffalo. And for guys that come from New Hampshire, I know it's a little bit easier in New Hampshire if you're left-handed to hit to right. Well, here in Buffalo, it's almost like a concrete wall uh, with the way the wind pattern set up here coming right over right field. And guys have trouble adjusting. And so we'll, I'll, I'll be interested to see over the first couple of months of the year especially how Kevin maybe adjusts his game plan, um, I, not necessarily as a power hitter, but just as a hitter in general dealing with um, the issues that that, that can present. With Cavan, with Bo, with mm-hmm. Jacob Waggispack, and with Moore, do you feel that this is as closely as Buffalo has been watched in years? 
Especially, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think last August with, with Vladdy here, the, the, the most eyeballs, especially with social media and, you know, with the way that Vladdy plays the game and, and his home run totals, uh, probably that was the biggest. But I think for a sustained period of time, this will definitely be um, the, the most that uh, maybe Blue Jay fans have paid attention from wire to wire to a Bison's team. And this is the first time that really Bison fans ha- have had a chance from start to hopefully the finish of the season that they've had these prospects come through. Buffalo fans have had uh, days of the Cleveland Indians where uh, guys like Brandon Phillips, Cliff Lee, Grady Sizemore, the list goes on and on, and they were here for years at a time. Johnny Peralta was a league MVP as a Bison. Uh, so they're hoping that these prospects uh, are here all year, play well, and hopefully break the string of 13 straight years without a playoff berth. It's the longest in the International League, and the diehard Bison fans – um, remember 2005 very well and are hoping to erase that memory when Buffalo lost to Indianapolis in the playoffs and hoping that the Eastern League uh, championship team that pretty much is assembled here this year can help break that streak. Talking with Pat Malacaro, the voice of the herd, besides the headliners, and he threw out the names of Gunnar Hyde and Andrew Giat, are there any other guys, position players or pitchers, who are off the radar for the moment, but in your research and in talking to them since they've arrived into town, you're saying this is a guy who could very well make a name for himself this year. Well, that's a great question. I'm interested to see someone like Jason Adam. I remember last year, you know, Sam Gavilio acquired from the Royals organization late in spring training. What would he bring to this Bison team? Um, and he brought some pretty quality starts to the Bison's rotation, and so much so that uh, once he got called up, he never came back. He was in Toronto all year. Not the same situation with, with Jason Adam um, out of the bullpen, but I'll be interested to see if another one of these late spring acquisitions, Jordan Patterson is another person who's had a cup of coffee in the big leagues, uh, played his entire career in the Rockies organization, uh, an outfielder first baseman, so kind of a jack-of-all-trades, uh, something that the Bisons could really use this season, especially with the call-ups that we mentioned at the start. Um, so somebody like that who is now in the International League for the first time, he went to spring with Cincinnati, and pretty much when camp broke um, for the minor league side, he was acquired from the Reds organization. So those are two guys that have not been in the Blue Jays organization very long, but I'll be interested, based on the track record of moves that the Blue Jays front office has made previously, uh, if that translates similarly um, to, to what we've seen from others. On Twitter, at PatWGR. Bisons.com is where you get all the information. They are home. They're ready to start up the season in Buffalo at Coca-Cola Field. And Pat Malacaro is your voice of the Bisons all year long. Thank you very much for giving us your thoughts on the eve and basically right on the precipice of opening up this minor league season, Pat. Thanks, Jesse. Can't wait to uh, join you around the nest all season long. Next up, let's go to Double A and bring in the voice of the New Hampshire Fisher Cats, Tyler Murray, the voice of the people. Let's talk about the Fisher Cats roster. First, Tyler, let's begin with this: the best walk-up songs that you've seen in a long time. Oh man, I mean, I'm sure you saw plenty of these come through town. Uh, Ty Tice, I know that was a fan favorite in Lansing with with Runaround Sue, but. Jake Fishman's Pokemon theme song really jumped out to me. That was when I first realized we've got something special on our hands. So it should be a fun season, at least musically. It is such a great group of guys that you've got there. Oh, by the way, they're pretty talented, too. 
What's your first impression of your roster? You know, it really stands out to me is the starting rotation, Jesse. I mean, you look at our opening night starter, Patrick Murphy, of course, the Florida State League Pitcher of the Year from a season ago, but he's far from just the only headliner in this group. Hector Perez, one of the top pitching prospects, who had a really strong finish last year here in New Hampshire. Then you look at a guy like Andrew Sopko, who came over in the trade for Russell Martin back in January. Zach Logue is a guy who you smartly have said that Blue Jays fans should keep an eye on after a really good season last year, breakout performance between Lansing and Dunedin the season ago. And then Jensi Diaz, a member of the 40-man roster who was just added uh, this past offseason to the 40-man, along with Murphy and Perez. So, I mean, you've got three 40-man guys in the rotation here in New Hampshire. So uh, it's it's something you just love to have if, if you're a fan every five days really every night is someone to come out and watch pitch the pitching coach Antonio Castoris here in Lansing said to me when I was down in spring training you know who's been really good Logue and then he comes up here the all the uh, the whole lug nuts team arrives and Tony saddles up to me and he said you know who's going to be really good this year Logue and I said you already told me that but he said no no, no. Logue is going to be <laughs> really good this year Oh, we're excited. And to have a left-hander in the starting rotation for a, a level that's had a lot of righty starters over the years. And I'll be interested to see uh, his pitchability because if you look back to the, the era of maybe a Connor Green and Sean Reed Foley, those guys, big-time power pitchers, but can you locate the fastball? Uh, so that kind of brand of pitching, while exciting to watch and full of potential, kind of gave way to, to fans here for when Ryan Barucki showed up, like, okay, here's a lefty. He can throw strikes. He knows exactly where it's going. And you saw how quickly he was able to rise to the major league. So maybe Logue's that kind of guy. Is there anyone who's under the radar who maybe you talk to doing your research that you say, watch out for a breakout from this guy who a lot of people aren't expecting? That's a good question because – Obviously, you don't necessarily have the triumvirate of uh, Guerrero, Bichette, and Biggio, but uh, there's a lot of good, even-level talent, it seems like, on this team. I think Kevin Smith, of course, is the headliner, so he wouldn't qualify for uh, the guy to watch out for. But I can't get away from the comparisons between Casey Clemens and Kevin Biggio. Now, Casey's not necessarily on any prospect list. He's 24. He played four years at Texas, but... He's from Houston. Kevin's from Houston. They both played three-plus years in college. They both have famous dads. They're both going to start the year at first base or at least designated hitter here in New Hampshire. And they had maybe good, not great seasons in single A, but still maybe because of their age, they're in double A looking for a breakout year. I mean, I, I can't get away from the comparisons between Clemens and Biggio. And they both have uh, Travis Scott as their walk-up song singer, so um, or rapper, I guess, in that case, Jesse. So um, I'm keeping an eye on Clemens. It could be a big year for him. We certainly hope so. All right. This sounds great. Are you ready for opening day? you ready for the season to start? You know, um, the, the company line is yes, of course. I was ready for opening day uh, once the Fisher Cats hoisted that trophy last year. I mean, we're ready to keep the season going. But, uh, no, it's been a lot of fun to get ready. And as you know, with uh, those rosters only being finalized a few days prior, it is a mad dash to get things ready to rock for game one. We've uh, just got our video board showing images for the first time since its installation, so we are really excited right. to see that thing in action. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then watch the uh, – Watch the Fisher Cats try to go back-to-back. It has not been done in this league since uh, the Trenton Thunder in 2007 and 2008. 
Let me ask lastly, I was just speaking with Pat Malacaro about how he and the Buffalo Bisons have been affected by all the roster moves, the trades of Morales and of Pilar. And there was another trade that was made. Rodrigo Orozco was dealt away. Uh, Socrates Brito was brought in, and he's going to be sent to AAA Buffalo. There have been other roster moves, Clayton Richard letting on the DL, Sean Reed Foley brought up. Anyway, with all these transactions, has New Hampshire been affected at all? I would say so. It was a first for me now in my eighth season being around when a player got the call from his agent that he was going to be traded. So we heard uh, Rodrigo say San Diego, and then everyone else uh, who has a, a better feel than I do knew immediately that he, he was going to be traded. So that was a, an interesting moment, uh, definitely a, a bit of a buzz in the locker room because Orozco was a, a guy that we were certainly looking forward to having here with the Florida State League best 304 average a season ago. But a lot of guys are talking about that trade. They're talking about the Kevin Pillar trade. So it's an interesting time, and we'll certainly see the corresponding roster move uh, probably tomorrow, Jesse. But I just think it's an inter- interesting time to be a Blue Jays prospect right now. It, it's not obviously a free pass to the major leagues, but maybe now more than ever, if you have yourself a good month or two, you can get yourself right on the big league radar and have yourself just a call away from joining a lot of other young guys who are getting a chance up in the big league. So I think that trade, the Pilar trade, it's got a lot of guys feeling good about, hey, if this is a good year for me, I'm really, really close. Voice of the people, Tyler Murray at LT underscore underscore Murray at NHFisherCats.com. Check them out for all the action. Tyler, you, Bob Lippman, Tyler Zickel on the road, holding it down and letting us know what's going on in AA. Thank you very much for your time. Jesse, you're the best. Happy opening week, and I'll talk to you soon. Around the nest rolls on. Joined now by Jim Tarabokia, the voice of the A-Advanced Dunedin Blue Jays, as we look forward to the FSL season getting underway. Jim, what do you think about your roster? Well, it's uh, shaping up well. There are a couple of guys that you and I have talked about um, off the air that I'm very excited to see. Ryan Nota's a guy. Shabazz Young. Uh, it seems like with the roster we have here, um, it, it's shaping up. We've got a little bit of power, but it seems like we also have a lot of good speed and, and some guys who can defend as well. It's sort of been a problem for us uh, the last couple of years. We've led the Florida State League in errors, too. So uh, it seems like the roster, to me, I was talking with Cesar yesterday about it, uh, it's an efficient and tight roster um, where uh, we may not have as much power as maybe we did in the past, but we certainly have guys who um, play the game correctly. And also we have a couple of guys too. Uh, one that comes to mind, Samad Taylor, who can probably provide some uh, power as well for us. Um, some of that um, uh, wiry strong type power that he has, you know, as you know, he's only a five ten guy, but uh, he's, he's pretty strong. I was talking with hitting coach Matt Young yesterday and he was telling me about um, that strength that he has that um, could benefit him well. So um, it, it, it's shaping up to be a pretty good year and uh, a pretty, um, a pretty tight roster and efficient roster at that. There's another guy that you didn't mention among your position players, just adding this note. Dave Panos, the position coach for the Lansing Lugnuts, before he joined the Blue Jays, he was a scout for the Pirates and the Yankees. And I said to Dave, why didn't the Lugnuts get Cal Stevenson? Dave gave me a look and he goes, because he's, he's too good. He's good. He's ready for Dunedin yeah. right now. You are going to be fun. Uh, you know, I, I, I yeah, and I'm, I'm sorry for to Cal for um, forgetting about him. Um, looking at his numbers today and, and just kind of looking at that. I mean, it, you know, it's very rare to 
to have a guy go from rookie ball all the way to advanced age. I mean, I mean that's right there, skipping two levels. Uh, I mean, we saw it with Kevin Smith last year to where Kevin skipped uh, one level and then went to Lansing, succeeded there, and then came Dunneen and succeeded, and now he's, you know, in double A. Um, that, that's even sometimes rare. But to see a guy go from rookie ball, um, whether he's at a high school or college, it doesn't really matter. To see him go all the way to rookie ball and skip over two levels, that's, that's pretty impressive. And I'm really looking forward to, to watching him play. I've, I've gotten a chance to watch him on video and, and some film of his swing. He's got a very pretty swing. And we'll see. I think he plays. Um, but we'll see certainly um, how it translates here um, to what is a very tough Florida State League. It's tough to sustain, sustain um, success in this league over the long haul, over the 140 games. So, um, uh, you know, guys like that, uh, you know, Samad and Ryan Noda and these guys who all have had success um, in the previous years, if they're here the whole year, it, it will certainly be interesting to see uh, if they can sustain that that success, especially though, like you mentioned with Cal, that skipping all you know, all those levels, two levels, get, coming all the way to advanced A, Danin. Uh, I, I think he's a real intriguing prospect to watch here, not just with us, but in the entire league all season. This is enough talk about position players. Let's talk some pitchers. What do you think about your staff? Well, it's shaping up pretty well. I'm, I'm looking forward. I talked with Nate Pearson again yesterday, and he looks healthy. He looks like he's in great shape. I'm looking forward to uh, watching him get out there again and throw, no matter how long and how many starts he has with us. He's right now projected to be our opening day starter tomorrow. Um, Justin Dillon, another guy who's, who's back with us, who had some success at higher levels. Um, uh, and, and Maverick Buffo, who I got a chance to talk to yesterday. He was actually talking with uh, Clay Buckholz yesterday at his locker, and Clay was sort of uh, uh, giving him some wisdom and, and some knowledge. Uh, and um, uh, Maverick looks uh, excellent. Looks like he's in a lot better shape than he was last year. He said he feels great. And uh, I, I'm looking for – you know, he, he showed some potential last year, and I'm really looking for him to take that next step forward. He showed that potential, the fastball against – not uh, it's not going to blow you away. It's in the low 90s, but when he has his command, and especially with some of these breaking stuff, as you know, you saw last year as well, he can be on, and he he can be a real successful pitcher. So I want to see how his stuff plays this year in a second go around here in the Florida State League, especially now with uh, him being in, in better shape. He looks uh, not only leaner but also uh, stronger as well. I love that the work that a guy puts in the off season that matters oh, so yeah. much when the season comes around. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, really, especially you know, uh, with with weather climates that that you and you and I. Well, I mean, all the teams really. I mean, I could, that Tyler can say that. Bob, you know, Double A can say that. And, um, you know, Pat can say that. Uh, certainly, Rob can say that. But uh, you know, that's that's a that's a huge thing. I think you know uh, when we hear about the Florida State League, you think, oh, it's going to be you know warm weather playing there. Well, it's it's warm weather. It's not just warm. It's very humid and hot. And um, that's the one thing that I told you this really impressed me a lot about Kevin Biggio a couple of years ago to be able to sustain. I think he missed maybe one game because of a, a hamstring tweak to be able to sustain uh, that, that stamina to be able to play um, almost every game that year in 2017. We had a couple of guys uh, like that last year, your body is put to a test too in the Florida state league. And that's, I mean, obviously everywhere with Lansing in the beginning and how cold it is and the change of seasons, but in the Florida State League, it, it goes from warm to warmer to scorching hot, right? I mean, the summer is like our winter um, in, in Florida. And then it stays hot until the end of the season. So uh, you got to be in prime condition, great shape to be able to 
also succeed in this league and avoid injuries and, and, and stamina um, to be able to make it through. Jim Tarabokia on Twitter, at Jim Tara, voice of the DJs about to embark upon the Florida State League season. Jim, thank you very much for your time. Looking forward to this great campaign. All right, man. Same thing. Talk to you next week. All right, you got it. And that just leaves me. Let's talk some Lansing lug nuts. I'm Jesse Goldberg-Strassler. This is Around the Nest. Jay talking our way around the Toronto Blue Jays organization. Looking over the Lugnuts opening day roster, begin with the pitchers. Josh Winkowski is going to get the opening day start against Fort Wayne. Northwest League Pitcher of the Year, drafted out of high school, go back to 2016, and he's now 6'4". He's 200 pounds, and he's nasty. He'll be joined in the starting rotation by the fourth rounder, Sean Weimer, out of TCU. I think his pro debut last year might have disappointed some, but, well, you give Weimer that full off-season to rest, recover, just like a lot of these, uh, the college draftees, once they get that full off-season, I'm going to be interested to see how he comes into this year. Joey Murray was a college draftee last year out of Kent State, another starter, back-to-back Mac Pitcher of the Year. Uh, Murray was a strikeout machine in the pro ball, in the pro ranks in Vancouver, just like he was at uh, Kent State University. As a matter of fact, if you look at Murray's stuff last year, there were only two innings that he allowed any runs in whatsoever with the Vancouver Canadians. So can he keep things up? And talking with Tony Casares, he said his 87 to 90 mile an hour fastball looks 95 because of the spin rate. He also throws a splitter to go along with a curve and a changeup. If that fastball velocity rises, 91, 92, imagine how that is going to look to a batter. So there are some fascinating arms. Let me give you another guy to watch out for. Sean Rakowski is a 6'7", 225-pounder out of Chandler, Arizona. He's a Kansas Jayhawk. Sean Rakowski was signed as a non-drafted free agent at the start of last year. He was signed back in April. He's a 6'7 pitcher. And apparently, while he was with Bluefield, he was making a play over to first base. And the coach called him over afterward, and he said, Boy, how much did you throw that two-seamer? There was all that movement. And Rakowski said, um, I beg your pardon, to paraphrase, that was a four-seamer. Rakowski said, I don't throw a two-seamer. I throw only four-seamers. And the coach, pitching coach Adam Bernero, the former major leaguer, said to him, well, that's about to change. And Rakowski threw nothing but two-seamers from that point onward, threw them right in the middle of the strike zone, and then they moved. And he told me that he spent the offseason working on learning about the shape of his pitch and trying to figure out that two-seam. He's coming in here. He's throwing a lot of two-seamers. And at 6'7", throwing downhill, he's expecting to break a lot of bats. He is an off-the-radar guy that you should most definitely watch out for. Among the position players, it's going to get fun. There's the first-rounder, Jordan Groshans. Groshans, the 19-year-old out of Magnolia, Texas, left side of the infield. He'll be joined in that starting lineup by the masher that is Alejandro Kirk, 5'9", 220, a great defensive catcher, so quiet in receiving, and at the plate, utterly menacing. Muscles popping out and ready to hit the ball all over the field with pop. It's going to be fun to watch them batting back-to-back in the order. And then there's all the speed and athleticism. Reggie Pruitt is back and ready to electrify. I asked DJ Neal, the former wide receiver at South Carolina, who's faster between him and Reggie, and he said, 
it's probably really close. Baseball America rates Pruitt the fastest player in the entire Blue Jays organization. They rate DJ Neal the best athlete in the organization. This is a challenge promotion for DJ from Bluefield all the way up to Lansing. I also think that it's a challenge promotion for Hagen Danner, the catcher, second-round draft choice back in 2017. Danner moves up, had great OPS on base percentage, showed pop last year with Bluefield. Well, here he is now in Lansing. He'll be tested. And so how will he perform? There are going to be a lot of eyes his way if he really gets it going. And those three catchers, Danner, Gold, and Kirk, are going to be real fun to watch. Then in the infield, Nick Podkul finished last season strong. You look at his overall numbers, not so great for Vancouver. But the Notre Dame product finished off the season hitting the ball well. Will he continue to show exactly that? That's what we saw last year out of the college draftees. Let's say a Brock Lundquist or a Cullen Large. Uh, those types of guys, Kevin Smith comes to mind. The college drafted players who came in without much fanfare and then excelled in Lansing. That describes a Nick Podkul, seventh-round draft choice out of Notre Dame. This seems to shape up for him to come in off the radar and play very well, especially as the season goes along, and to help out his teammates playing second base, third base, wherever they need him. And when you talk about a player playing wherever you need him, that's Otto Lopez, who plays second base, shortstop, third base, left field, center field, right field, Northwest League postseason all-star, and a dynamo. And let me throw out one last name for you. Don Abadessa, 21-year-old out of Huntington Beach, California. High school teammates with Danner. High school teammates with Jake Broat, the Lugnuts' first baseman. Back in high school, Broat was a senior. And then there were the other two as underclassmen, Abadessa, the sophomore, Danner, the freshman. Blue Jays drafted them all. And now here they are, all with the Lansing Lugnuts. Abadessa is a spark going to be fun to watch his athleticism in the outfield defensively on the bases and trying to make things happen just guys keep your eye on with the lansing lug nuts it's going to be fun to add more names to that list as this year goes along find me at jay goldstrass on twitter and i'll be joined this year by adam jackson to call the lug nuts games and this has been our season preview edition of around the nest big thanks to bluebird banter and the minor leaguer helping keep things going, and you can start flashing those questions our way, and we'll start letting you know what's going on in the game action at that. At Around Nest on Twitter, as we go J-talking around the minor league organization, and as we learned this week, major leagues as well. We are all linked. For Scott MacArthur with the Toronto Blue Jays, and uh, for uh, Pat Malacara with the Buffalo Bison, getting his name pronounced correctly, Tyler Murray with the New Hampshire Fisher Cats, Jim Tarabokia with the Dunedin Blue Jays. I'm Jesse Goldberg-Strassler. This has been the Around the Nest season preview. Enjoy the baseball. <laughs>